Hello Sharks, I am Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here today with another episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a big sale I'm having right now at PokerCoaching.com for Father's Day. You can check it out at PokerCoaching.com slash fathers. If you have not checked out my site, we have a bunch of world-class coaches who make interactive content so that you actively improve your skills. We have over 1,100 interactive quizzes. We also have live streams where you can watch some of the best poker players in the world play in real time in a small, intimate setting. So instead of being there with a thousand players watching the player and you can't ask your question, you could ask your questions in real time. Uh, recently, Giraffe Ganger, the number one online player in the world in tournaments, streams and he guarantees a final table every single stream and uh, well, he gets it done every time. So make sure you check that out at pokercoaching.com slash fathers. I want all of you to be the best poker players you can possibly be. So we work hard to give you the tools and resources you need. All right, speaking of pokercoaching.com, a friend of poker coaching, Brad Owen is here. We are gonna be reviewing a hand that he recently played. Brad Owen is the king of video bloggers. He has over 400,000 subscribers. I didn't even know that many people played poker. Good job, Brad, great work. Super crusher in terms of the video blog game. He lives in Las Vegas and primarily plays cash games. He plays a little bit of tournaments too. He actually played a sit and go with me and a bunch of the poker coaching coaches on Poker Go. It was on Poker After Dark. The episode was titled Lessons Learned. And interestingly enough, I think Brad played amazingly well. The poker gods did not cooperate with him, but he played great. And uh, sometimes when you play great, it just does not go your way. So let's take a look at this hand where uh, maybe it'll maybe, maybe the title turn for Brad. Let's take a look. Later on, we pick up ace-jack suited in the big blind. Lenny limps in from the hijack. I've seen some other hands it's limped in with, and most of the time they're not great. I've seen some suited connectors, even some hands like jack-nine offsuit. Since I should be way ahead of its range, I raised a 20. All right, so we're playing two, five, no limit. We are playing roughly... 270 big blinds deep, so very, very deep stacked here. Facing a limp from a player who should have a pretty wide range of junky hands, you definitely want to raise. I would venture to say you could even go a little bit bigger, like 25, maybe even 30. Like if he's just not going to fold, if he's limping the jack nine offsuit and just calling every time, or, you know, a seven offsuit, you just want to raise bigger, right? And as long as he will call, you want to find the amount he will call with a bunch of junk. Uh, what you do not want to necessarily do is raise so small to the point that yeah he calls every time you extract a little bit of value but you also leave a lot of value on the table we're raising here because we think we are the favorite and when we're the favorite we want to make the pot as big as we reasonably can you don't want to go too big though because then they'll start folding out the a7 offsuit that you really want to get action from like in this scenario you don't want to make it fifty dollars over the five dollar limp because Zane's just going to fold everything that said he's going to fold everything could be a pretty sweet play with bluffs right lenny immediately gets chips and calls we're heads up out of position Flop comes 10-9-8 rainbow. We have an open-ended straight draw, two overs, and a backdoor flush draw. The problem is that this absolutely smashes Lenny's limp calling range. He could already have a straight, two pair, or a set. I'm not going to have any of those holdings when I raise from the big blind. If I wasn't suited, I might have just checked pre-flop. I probably wouldn't have raised with queen-jack, 7-6, or any of the two pair combinations. I check here. Okay, so... I would have probably raised queen-jack suited pre-flop just because we are playing super deep stacked in a flops well. But that's only four combinations of hands, right? I would not raise the 7-6, I don't think, or the jack-7. So I agree that Brad does not have very many nut hands. I would probably raise 10s and 9s, maybe 8s, maybe not 8s. I would have raised ace-jack offsuit as well. Like, I'm, I'm just raising a good, strong, linear range preflop, I think. Linear range against Lenny. Ha-ha. Um, so, 
given this range, or this board does connect very well with Lenny's perceived range, because like Brad says, he limps all sorts of middle connected stuff. I think checking is reasonable, because if you bet, you may get raised. You don't really want to get raised here. And um, if, you, if you check any bets, you can just call any bet, right? Do we want to check raise this hand as a bluff? I don't think so. I think it's I think it's fine to check call because if we check raise and then he re-raises us, which he will do sometimes with like two pairs and straights and sets, then we have to fold our hand that has a lot of equity. So you don't want that to happen. Lenny bets 40. That's more than I was hoping. Big bet. I'm not letting my hand go yet though. I call. Maybe we can drill the straight. The turn is the four of clubs. Ooh. We pick up a flush draw. I check. Lenny still likes his hand. He bets 90. I get the sense that Lenny is really strong, probably too strong for his own good. Luckily, I don't see any rabbits or puppies around. I call. Is that a Of Mice and Men's reference? Of Mice and Men? Brad's a very smart guy. Brad, you're good at the literature. I am not. Okay. Facing a $90 bet. Just call again. It's too easy for us to be beat, and we have a lot of really clean outs, right? If any club comes besides, I guess, the 9 or the 8, we love it, and... If Lenny does have a strong hand, he's just going to keep betting because usually people are not too afraid of the backdoor flush draw. Um, if we get a straight, that's obviously great too. So I think I like call here. Also, every once in a while, ace high is good. And sometimes your opponent's not going to bluff. Like, for example, say Lenny has king jack in this scenario or, I mean, who knows what, like ace, ace, uh, ace seven. He may bet the flop and bet the turn, but then just give up on the river thinking that Brad must have a hand like a 10 or a nine that's just always going to call. And sometimes the stays high wins. If Brad's hand was a little bit weaker, maybe, I don't know. The problem is it's kind of hard to come up with too many weaker hands given the preflop range. Maybe like king jack of clubs, maybe that's a raise. But even then, I would still probably just call it. Because you, you really don't want to raise and then get shoved, right? Because then you have to fold a hand that has a lot of equity. So I like a call. We drill the river. It's the nine of clubs. Ooh. We hit the backdoor nut flush. The problem yes. is that the board is paired. We're yeah. probably okay, but I'm somewhat concerned. I check. Lenny's not slowing down. He grabs a handful of green chips and bets 300. Woo-hoo. Applying the pressure. All right. In this scenario, we have roughly, eh, we'll call it $800 remaining, maybe $900 remaining in the stacks, okay? So what do we do with our ace jack of clubs? It's the nut flush, but it's actually not the nuts. In this scenario, do we find a big fold? Do we call? Do we raise the minimum to 600? Or do we shove it all in for 900? Pause the video and write what you would do in the comment section below. This is a situation where if we were facing a smaller bet, like say a $100 bet, we would definitely raise. But when Competent players elect to go for a relatively big size on the flop and the turn and the river. They're essentially saying, I'm incredibly polarized here, which means they have either nothing, in which case he's going to fold if we raise, or he has a hand that he thinks is really, really good that beats the vast majority of our range. Now, the question is, would Lenny play a nine this way? Probably not, right? Because he's probably not going to blast the turn with a 9, unless it's like exactly jack 9 or maybe 9-7. But even then, a lot of people don't blast the turn with a 9. So the 9 by itself is kind of unlikely, I think. Um, so what else would he be blasting with? He could be blasting with a straight, but if he has a straight and we raise him on the river, he may even find a fold, right? Because it's relatively easy for Brad to have been slow playing a set 
or you know he could have um, made a flush, right? So I'm not even sure a straight calls a raise, although perhaps it should, especially if it has a queen or the jack of clubs. Obviously, can't have the jack because Brad has it, but it's a scenario where I think a straight is even pretty marginal if you blast it on the river and then still get raised, right? So what's the next best hand he could have? Well, he could have a flush, but notice Brad blocks the flushes left and right with the ace jack of clubs. <sighs> So full houses. <laughs> this is a scenario where I really do think, given the way this hand has played out, Lenny either has nothing or a full house. Okay? If he has nothing, he's going to fold to a raise. If he has a full house, he's not going to fold to a raise. So this is a scenario where Brad just has a pretty easy call, I think, despite the fact that he does have the nut flush. Again, it's not the nut flush. I hate that terminology. Why are you calling it the nut flush when there is a literal pair on the board? It's not the nuts. Brad didn't do this. I'm just saying people do this in general. And it's a pet peeve of mine. It's very important to make sure that you speak clearly when you are explaining things that are kind of technical. Otherwise, there's just a lot of confusion. We don't want to be confused. We want to learn and profit together. Speaking of learning and profiting together, make sure you check out pokercoaching.com slash fathers. We're having that big Father's Day sale. Do not miss out, please. Okay, just call. Please don't go all in, Brad. It's a pot-sized bet. Just call. I don't love that, but this is the very best hand that I'll ever play this way. I call immediately. Good call. By the way, some people may say, well, if he has a full house or nothing, you should just fold because you lose to the full houses. But no, 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 no. We absolutely cannot fold this hand. Folding this hand would be egregiously bad. If this was a poker coaching quiz, I would say you get zero points for folding. Call 10 points, raise any amount, one point. And we're pretty much up against the type of hand that I was worried about. Why I just called. Nice one. Nice just call, Brad. <laughs> Poker gods, again, not smiling on Brad. This is just an unfortunate spot. But notice, Brad did very, very well here to not lose a lot more money. A lot of people just continuation bet the flop. Get raised, can't fold. Get a good card on the turn. Check. Get blasted again. Call or raise. Then on the river, they make it and they have to pay off for all of their money, right? Or some people check raise the flop and they get re-raised and either have to fold or stick around with a hand that's in pretty bad shape, right? So Brad played this hand about as well as he possibly could, despite that he still lost, but he did not lose as much as most people would lose in this scenario. And that is what makes Brad an incredibly strong poker player, right? You want to make sure you are just maximizing value slash minimizing losses whenever you can. And sometimes you're going to lose. A lot of people don't like this idea about poker, that sometimes you're going to play great and still just lose. But that's okay. That's what we signed up for. And that is why poker is an incredibly profitable game in the long run. So that's me it for today. I hope you enjoyed this hand. Make sure you go over to Brad's YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the comment section below. Make sure you subscribe to him. If you like this video, do me a quick favor. Click the like and subscribe button below. Also, the notification bell. We have lots and lots of content coming out pretty much every day for you here on this YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. All right, Sharks, that's it for today. Have a great, great week. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you very much, and I'll talk to you next time. What's big, green, and gives you the freedom to do whatever you want? Yeah, it's money. And if you want to start your journey to a big pile of money, click the subscribe button right over here. See you in the next video.